welcome to the Honest TV podcast. We are the um, podcast for health professionals and the wider community. Look to explore diverse ideas in health, ask some hard questions and have some honest conversations. My name is Archie. I'm an EP based on Sydney's Northern Beaches. And joining me as always is Allied Health business owner, Andrew. Andrew, how are you? I'm well. That's how are good. you? That's very well. Let's crack a beer. You should be away from the microphone. Yeah. Ben. We get in trouble, don't we? We do get in trouble. Opening beers a little bit close to the microphone. Yeah, because I think, um, and you know, a disclaimer: we are obviously not professional podcasters. Uh, we are sitting in our in our dietitian's consult room, <laughs> drinking beers. I'm uh, sorry, Abby. <laughs> what, a, what a Tuesday afternoon. Yeah. No, sorry, Abby. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I I needed the carbs. Um, <laughs> it's a bit um, true, is it? And we're, we're trying, we're trying to get better at our audio, okay? We're trying. Uh, we're listening. I'm, I'm we're listening. listening. If you have recommendations of good quality stuff to record noise that's coming out of our mouths um, and record less noise that's coming off the cracking of beers, hit me up. <laughs> I'm, I'm all ears. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at maybe I get, you know, phone... Or, oh jeez or We're like going... sound resistant stuff or maybe we each get a, a mic that we hold it's kind of weird to drink a beer and <laughs> hold a mic though I don't know how that works but... what are we what are we drinking oh sorry yeah yeah um Akasha yeah Akasha Super Chill um so this is a I believe this is more of like a refreshing relaxed lazy ale I don't know what you actually call this kind of beer uh uh Ooh. Refresh your sense with how it is refreshing. Good a cold one can be with this perfectly balanced, endless, smashable beer. Light tropical haze. I don't know if it's smashable. It's definitely um. Hmm. I don't know about this one. It's fizzy. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Hmm. Now I don't know if it's. It being a Tuesday, and I don't want like a, a smashable beer. Mm. Maybe this is more of like a, a sunny Friday afternoon beer, mm. uh, not like a evening Tuesday beer. But what would be an evening Tuesday beer if you had to if you had to put a put your <sighs> finger on something? Maybe an IPA. Yeah. A slower Slow. sipper, uh, a bit heavier. Probably more. It would go with dinner mm. a bit better. Or just like a lager. Mm. We don't drink too many lagers on the pod. Um, more so because I can find less craft lagers at our local bottlers. Mm. I'd love to. I'd love to drink some more lagers. Mm. Um, but they're not the, the classic ones you find at your bottle mm. Our bottle around here... Um, recently, I've been just going up the hill to like a local bottle uh, Not to uh, Bayfields, which is where I normally go. Um, and the local one has just got like a couple selections of a different, different beers in their fridge, um, but I think they have them on a faster rotation. Yeah. So every time I go there, there's something different, which is quite good. Um, this one, we've had another Akasha. I think it was a Cloud Nine, um, many moons ago, on the podcast. I think I like that one more than this one. This mm. one tastes a bit too, uh, almost fizzy. It's yeah. almost got, does it have like a bit fizzy. of like a like a fruity Lexia, like a bit of passion poppy. 
<laughs> straight out of a straight out of a cask. Do you, can you taste like the passion pot? I like, can. I can taste cask the fizzy. wine. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, a bit casky. I can't. I can't taste much else than the fizziness mm. of it. So. Oh. Mm. Anyway, well, we'll push through. <laughs> Should we just do a podcast? It is, look, it is, it is no, Tuesday, right. so we, we will push through. We could just go, oh, we won't do a podcast. <laughs> the beer doesn't taste good. Yeah, we blame Akasha for your shit beer. Yeah. And so <laughs> I don't think we'll be getting Akasha as a sponsor, I'm sorry. Um, we are still looking for a beer sponsor, though. Anyone out there wants a beer or wants to have a beer recommendation? Also, we're filmed. This is our second episode filmed. Yes, we are. Very good. So find us on uh, uh, YouTube. YouTube. Um, Probably somewhere else as well when we get some shit. Yeah, on our Instagram. Um, I'll probably make us a new Instagram, I reckon, mm. for the podcast. Find us on our on our on our podcast Instagram, which exists huh. right now. Fantastic. Not as of recording this, but uh, as of releasing this, it will exist. Oh. And you'll be able to see some clips and oh, that kind of thing. How how exciting. So it's very exciting. What are we talking about? <laughs> we should probably get to that. <laughs> Um, we are going to talk about extroverts and introverts in healthcare, mm. uh, specifically health professionals, and we're going to talk about uh, the, the the basically the pros and cons of each. Mm-hmm. So this podcast is really for the people out there who maybe they're not sure of like, oh, my personality might not be right in this setting. Um, well, we're here to tell you that both can work. Are you extroverted or introverted? What how you? would you how would you classify yourself? I'm a, I'm an extrovert. Yeah. Um, what born makes and raised. You, what makes you an extrovert? <laughs> uh, how do you know? How do How do I know? I so I I think it was Simon Sinek who I heard this from, but he was he used a well I think it's him. It could be someone else. This person that I heard say this thing. <laughs> said that um, an extrovert uh, fills their cup uh, and gets energy from other people um, and being with other people an introvert regains and regenerates energy from uh, being by themselves or mm-hmm. being away from uh, social public situations mm-hmm. so that's that's kind of the definition that I go by with this whether that's scientifically correct or not, don't know, don't really care. Um, but I'm an extrovert. So I like to do social things during the week. I, and I get a lot of energy from that. I like to talk to people. Um, and I generally find it easier uh, than some other people who I would classify as introverts uh, to talk to new people mm-hmm. and go and go and put myself out in an awkward social situation and just kind of get used to it mm. and and make it a fun situation. Yep. That was that's how I'd explain it. How about you? Yeah, I, I think that's a, a great explanation. Um, and by that explanation, mm. I am very much introvert. Mm. Uh, I get my energy from being away from people. Mm. Um, I need that time to process mm. information mm. Um, but also to like yeah for me to find energy mm. it, it comes from like quietude solitude um, and for me perfect example 
um, I had to give a presentation uh, last week. And like after I give a presentation, mm. I feel like I need to go into hibernation yeah, for right. a week. Like I feel exhausted, like into my soul exhausted. Mm. Mm. Um, whereas I imagine extroverted people mm. like thrive and yeah. it's like an uplift yeah. for them. Yeah, it's like a high. Yeah, no, not for me. <laughs> That's awful. And not not awful. It's it's like I just feel drained. Yeah. After doing that, mm. um, and I know that I can replenish myself by, you know, no social media, no distractions, no talking to anybody else, like just quiet space, mm. and I within a few hours will be mm. back up to mm. where I was. Mm. So introvert, which, uh, and, and I think listening to you talk about being an introvert, you are a uh, a well-practiced introvert, I would say. And what I mean by that is that you have very good strategies for managing your energy uh, pre-post extrovert situations. Mm. Uh, so you, you know you have your routine that is like morning and night routine and you, you have your time away that is you time mm. uh, and these sorts of things uh, to make sure that you look after yourself uh, have you found has that something you've learned over time very much so um, I I am fortunate that I can sort of choose the flow of my weeks mm. and so I know that if um, like again this is perhaps a, a nuanced thing but might be an introverted thing that um, I need my my people time in the morning mm when my brain is able to process things faster. Mm. If I try and have a, a meeting in the afternoon, like my brain's turned to mush by, mm. by three o'clock and I just mm. want to sit down and do work in the quiet. Mm. Mm. Um, so I've learned over time how to manage my weeks and my flow mm. so that I can be, uh, I was going to say, I can be what other people need me to be. That's not true, but I can be present in a better way mm because I know when I'm going to have my energy a little bit higher mm. and when it's naturally going to be a bit more mm. reserved. Mm. Yeah. And that, I, I imagine that's taken years and years of practice and trial and error, right, to get to oh, that routine. Yeah. Oh, it's, mm. it's still not perfect. Mm. Um, it will never be perfect. Mm. But um, I think recognising... I think part of part of my journey on this is that I used to think introversion was bad, mm. right? Mm. You are an introvert, therefore you can't be a great presenter. Or mm. you are an introvert, therefore you can't lead people. Mm. Or you're an introvert, therefore it's hard. Or you're not good at making small talk, mm. right? And those things might be true for some people. But I, you can find ways to do them better, Talk to me about that. And you find your, your ways of like, yeah, look, it's, it's awkward as fuck for <laughs> like s making small talk is like stab me in the fucking eye. Like, this is terrible sort of stuff. Right. And we did a podcast recently about, yeah. you know, doing GP yeah. and trying to go and do refer and nurture Like sitting there in a GP and trying to make small talk is mm. like fucking mm. awful. Mm. Um, but you find a way, mm. right. You, because the alternate is that you look like a weirdo standing there and 
not engaging in conversation with someone. Mm. So I think it's part of the challenge of, of being introverted is that these things are less likely to come naturally. Mm. However, that's not an excuse. Mm. It's about finding your way of being comfortable mm. in those situations and not thinking that introversion is bad mm. or that extroversion is good, mm. right? It's not that you need to be one or the mm. other. It's just who you are. Yeah. And you can find ways to be engaging in a crowd. You can mm. find ways to um, to give yourself, give lots of yourself in presentations mm. or workshops and things like that and know that that might have more of a toll than somebody that's extroverted. Mm. And knowing that, okay, well, maybe I just need to have a few hours of, you know, reset time mm. after mm. I do something like that. Mm. Interesting. So what have you found can, over time, you've found you can actually turn uh, your introverted traits into an advantage? So part of it is learning to ask good questions. Mm. I think one of the... Um, things that comes naturally to introverted people is listening quite well yeah because we're um, I don't this is generalising right so this entire podcast is generalised but that's fine um, because I I want to listen to somebody's story Mm. I want them to feel like they've got the opportunity for me to listen to well, I imagine you would love it in a social situation if someone just talks to you the whole time, oh, right? That's great. Excellent. This is yep. great. Yep. And and so naturally, I will probably gravitate towards those people mm. anyway. Mm. Um, but, but I think what's made me a better introvert is asking better questions mm. so that I can get the extroverts to keep talking because I'm prompting them, yeah, right, um, as opposed to them feeling like they're just like blah, 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 blah. yeah, and being burdensome, yeah, on the other person. You sound like you're genuinely interested, and they go, "Oh, well, let me tell about this thing that I find really interesting," mm. and people really talk well about stuff when they're really interested in it. Yep. So if you can identify those things well by listening really well. Mm. very good so I mean that comes that's like makes sense right somebody who is um, introverted is is likely to sit back a little bit more and listen to the other person so hone your active listening skills as an introvert and practice good question asking open question asking open question asking because there's no benefit to you asking a close ended question and getting yes mm. what do you think and then you're like <laughs> fuck <laughs> oh no oh no that didn't work um, and here's another one silence mm. as an introvert a long time ago silence used to scare the shit out of me mm. right like there had to be noise created in the conversation if yeah. there wasn't like death mm. but becoming more accustomed mm. to silence and, and using that as processing time mm. actually made me, I was going to say better introvert, uh, uh, 
more able to digest the information that people are giving mm. to him. Mm. Whereas extroverts... Mm. We want to fill the silence. Yeah. You just did it to me. Very good. <laughs> You're a motherfucker. Yeah? That's why I'm here. Yeah. Yeah. But you're so right. And it's such a useful tool that I've had to learn uh, that was definitely not natural to me was providing silence for people to to fill themselves. So say you've uh, or I've asked you, tell me how you're feeling today. And people always go, good. And then instead of saying, oh, okay, cool, great. Um, just stopping, waiting. Mm. Just kind of looking <laughs> curiously. Yeah. Giving people a second. Making it obvious that you are curious and, mm. and going, okay, processing. Leave some space for them to, to fill that silence. Because people want to fill silence. Mm. Oh, sorry. They want to fill the silence. Yeah. Especially if they're a threat. <laughs> Not that we're just putting people <laughs> on two groups. Obviously, there's a lot of... Like this is a this is a spectrum we're talking about, and like very rarely do you have someone who is uh, all the way at one end where they have they're they're all extrovert and no introvert. Most people are somewhere along the spectrum. Um, and how I'm, how do you think extroversion <clears throat> has helped you? Being as a, as an exercise physiologist, as as an EP, um, I think it has helped me build relationships quickly um, more so because I find in those early stages of meeting someone you, you need to burn through a couple topics you need to burn through some content to, to see what sticks mm. and I've found that uh, being able to, to throw a bunch of different stuff at people and get through a lot of topics quickly um, quickly gets us to a point of something where we can talk about really, really well and then engage really well on a conversation. Um, and I can, I've used that to kind of gauge people's interest. And then once I can see from them that like, yeah, okay, I've got them, got them on the hook, um, in, a, in a good way, uh, got them on the hook in a good way. I can then, uh, guide the conversation that way and keep them engaged. Yeah. Uh, so I found it really helpful and that's with, Practitioners, that's with team, that's with referrers, that's with clients. Mm. Uh, building relationships quickly, and look as a as a health professional. In your first one to two sessions, you know, first couple interactions with someone, especially with a modality like exercise, which we use, uh, how much long term change are you going to get in two sessions? Not a whole lot. It's more about how much buying can you get for the longer term plan mm. in those first couple sessions. And I really think that the number one tool uh, for that is making people like you. Is that rapport? Because we, we hear that, right? That it's, it's so important to build rapport with our clients so that they... Mm. Them liking you though, is that rapport? That's an interesting conversation. Um, I haven't thought of the definition of rapport before. That's how I treat rapport, is do we have a, a relationship that is we like each other, mm. we like spending time together. Um, that's how I treat it. 
because I mm. feel like that is the the idea report. But I think the idea report in uh, traditional terms refers more to trust mm. um, that does to liking someone. But it's much easier to like someone you trust. It is absolutely. <laughs> Sorry, it's much easier to trust someone you like. <laughs> yes. Um, so if you are trying to build rapport in terms of build trust and build a uh, a relationship that uh, is going to work together, uh, well, I think trying to make that person like you is probably a good way to do it. Mm. So if you can build a relationship that way, then like they're more likely to enjoy things uh, coming to see you. Mm. They're more likely to agree with things you're going to say and they're more likely to want to come back and see you as well. Mm. Which gives, which basically buys you more time to then have clinical impact mm. uh, and work out what the fuck you're doing. <laughs> yeah. Because, um, yeah. you know, how hard is it to cancel an appointment with someone you like? Way more. If mm. you have zero care for the person that you've met twice um, and you're like, I don't really enjoy talking to them anyway, mm. you will have zero hesitation in going, oh, bye, like, mm. no, I can't come, work, and then not rebook. Mm. Then, done. Relationship gone, lost that chance. Mm. But if you build a relationship, they like you, they're going to go, oh, I'll give them one more, give them one mm. more session. Mm. Even if you're doing shit treatment, Mm. Even if you are having no clinical impact whatsoever, it is going to be harder for them to not want to come back and see you anyway. So imagine if you are doing a good job with them and you are using good mm. clinical judgment and you are using really good communication, soft skills and decision making with them, uh, shared decision making, and they like you, mm. how can you go wrong? Mm. 100%. Unless you're prescribing fucking body weight leg extensions. Hey. Hey. <laughs> sorry, favorite exercise. Hey, yeah. yeah. So yeah, that sorry, that's probably where I found being extrovert has made that the easiest mm. thing for me. Mm. Um, like that's come quite easily to me. Uh, building relationships quickly and uh, building positive, caring, likable mm. relationships with people. Mm. See, it's interesting because as you were saying that, I was reflecting on some of the clients that I feel like I had the best successes mm. with mm. and they were extroverted clients. Interesting. And it was, it was because they were getting from me what they needed yeah. and vice versa, mm. right? Um, and so we were in rapport mm. because we liked each other mm. and it was like an enjoyable mm. session. Mm. And they're like to that point before, there are some times where we do fuck all in mm. those sessions, right? Yeah. Um, but they kept coming and it, and it gave me the opportunity in the future mm. to be able to help people because I was listening to them, I was giving them the space mm. to talk mm. um, despite the fact that there mm. might not have been much clinical reasoning mm. behind mm. what I was doing with people at that time. So perhaps here's another benefit of being an introvert uh, or something that may have come easier for you or not necessarily come easier, but something that will naturally uh, work better is when someone does ask you to say something, what you say 
probably has more emphasis because if I say that to my wife and she laughs at me because <laughs> she's extroverted and, and that's and she but I would say yes that's true right but that's because I'm biased and I'm, well lucky I'm we're not introvert. talking about like a marital relationship and we're talking about healthcare professional hey, relationships be. yeah but that's the way that I would view it mm. because I am introverted. Mm. It's like when I say something, I feel like because I say less, this will have more weight to it. Now that could be true and it could not be true depending on the situation. So I think it's true for, for you specifically. I don't think it's true for every introvert. Some introvert or some, I need to stop like just generalizing and categorizing people. No, I guess we we can do it. Yeah, yeah, we can. Um, <laughs> some people you go oh they, they don't talk much and then they, there's space and someone asks them a question and they think about it and they say something and you go right that's why they don't say much because they're because <laughs> <laughs> they say silly things um, so yeah. it gives you time to come up with a useful thing mm. to say but you have to make sure make sure you use that time effectively and you do say something of weight yeah but I feel like um, having been in many meetings and presentations and things with you, when you pause and you allow silence and then people are then waiting for you to say something and then you say something, everyone listens to every word you say, every word you say very carefully. That's not natural though. Really? That's me doing, like, learning how to present. Right. So I think that is something that um, would be beneficial for an introverted person to learn. Although, yeah. for everyone to learn. I, I remember, sh- I, I don't remember the timeline because it's all hazy, but I remember maybe shortly after you started or, or like around that time, yeah. we held a fundraiser uh, for the bushfires in New South Wales. We held yes. a, I think... Um, yeah, trivia night at the Harbour Diggers. Many mm. people came. It was a great night. We had 150 people. It was fucking huge. But you just were up on stage and you were the MC yeah. for the night. Yeah, yeah. And just, it just looked easy. Yeah. Right? It was, and you were, it looked like you were enjoying it. Yeah. Whereas if that was me, I would need to rehearse seven times <laughs> for everything that was going to say and it would probably be a bit forced yeah. and like. Hello, my name's oh. Andrew. Here to talk, right? Um, and so, in those situations, like mm. I imagine, that's fun. Yeah, for you. yeah. Like I love the idea of someone putting a mic in my hand, <laughs> <laughs> which is funny, right? Because oh. if we were both asleep and you had that dream where someone put a mic in your hand and was like, talk to a hundred people. Yeah, that would no. be a nightmare. That's a nightmare. <laughs> Whereas in my dream, it would probably be hilarious. <laughs> but it's the same dream. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah. Okay, funny. so that's something you had to learn and you've then become very effective at was making sure when you did say things, they had weight to them. Yes. Um, and recognising that, you know, we've sat here and labelled introverts and extroverts but yeah. I'm not a, an introvert or an extrovert like I'm Andrew yeah. and in that situation if I'm presenting I want people like there is an intention that I want to have when I present mm. 
Mm. I, I want people to walk away. I want them to think about something. I want them to donate mm. to a charity. Mm. Um, so how can I craft my message yeah. to get the outcome that I'm looking for? Mm. Um, and so then I use, well, you learn, right? Mm. You learn to use pause. You learn to use different ways of speaking to get that. Yeah. Um, I still feel like that is death and I want to, yeah. but, well, that's less true now. Mm. I think, you again, the more you do it, the more comfortable you become. And the less energy it. it drains to do it. Exactly right. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think by, by doing that sort of mm. development, mm. you find your way of doing it. Like you mm. find, because if I got up on stage and I tried to present like you, that's going to feel unauthentic. Yeah. It's to the audience. It's going to feel like, Oh, he's a bit weird. Yeah. Like, why is Something's he off? Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, and vice versa. Right. Like yeah. if you try to be more introverted, yeah, it's people that know you, it's like, that's mm. not Archie. Like that's yeah. not the way that he's normally he's like weird and robotic. And yeah. 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 Mm. Um, so I think that's interesting. Um, and I want to talk about, negatives or, or uh, things that not necessarily held me back but things I've had to learn to manage as a natural extrovert which is it is unnatural for me to leave silence and pause in a conversation or in the presentation setting it's very natural for me to to keep talking and not stop whereas you get more emphasis more processing time more opportunity for people to fill that void with more information if you do pause. So that's something I have to very, very consciously do. And, and it's become less uh, or more subconscious now with a lot of practice. But it's definitely something that I struggled with and didn't even think about as a beneficial thing. It's like, why would you want silence? That would just be awkward. Mm. That's horrible. I hate the sound of silence. Um, whereas you go, ah, there silence. It is. This is great. Mm. So I had to to practice that and learn it because it, it has opened up a, a lot more. Uh, it, it's opened up a lot more reflection time. It's opened up a lot more processing, uh, and it's created more meaningful, impactful conversations, like mentoring sessions. Mm. Uh, clinical setting uh, sessions with clients and presentations by learning how to pause mm. the other thing the, the other thing that I've struggled with as an extrovert is making sure that what I am saying is like useful content and not just blabbing mm. for the sake of talking because you, you definitely get those people and everyone's seen this in a social situation where you start talking to someone and you're not saying anything because there's no time for you to speak in this conversation. But in your head, you're going, oh my God, is this person ever going to stop? Or everyone's been in that initial assessment where you ask the client one question and they don't shut up. Mm. And now we're not even talking about health. They're, we're talking about their mum's health. Mm. And their mum's not here. We don't... We don't we don't, we don't need to know about them right now. We've got a finite amount of time with them. But they won't stop talking. Mm. And they will not stop talking at all because they're just, they're just on a roll. And once, um, you know, 
the go pedal has been pushed, it's not coming off. Mm. That is not super effective communication. So those are the two points I've found as challenges as an extrovert that I've had to learn to manage. Uh, number one being leaving pauses and leaving silences, letting people finish what they're saying mm. and not going, I know the answer. Mm. Let me finish it. Um, and then the second one is not talking for the sake of talking. Making sure that the words that I do use are meaningful. Mm. Nice. Mm. Very good. Any other comments on introverts or extroverts? Well, like you said, it's a spectrum, mm. right? And, and I think depending on the context, depending on the situation, even an individual can kind of yeah. move up and down that spectrum. For sure. Um, and, and I think it's, it's about understanding if we're sitting down with a consult mm. with somebody that they are looking for something from us. And although you know, we might move a little bit on that spectrum, it's about how can we create an opportunity for them to be able to feel comfortable with us to be able to communicate with us effectively. Mm. Uh, and sometimes that might mean as an introvert, like you might need to do a bit of blabbing mm. or what you perceive is blabbing yeah, because they're not ready yet or, or they need some more time to build their trust with us. Mm. Um, and conversely, if people are just sitting there fucking going off, that you need to be confident enough to, to be able to just, like, I'm just going to pause you there. Mm. Um, I want to go back to something that you said before, mm. right? Because they could sit there, and I, I've definitely been guilty of this. Mm. Like you said, where I've asked one question mm. in an assessment, and mm. oh, half no, an hour there's no later. Gap. There's no gap. No. It's wild. And I'm, I'm like, well, we've just spent half an hour talking. Well, you've spent half an hour talking at me. Um, cool, mm. but we haven't gotten to the real reason why you're here because you yeah. started talking about your mum. Yeah. And like, fine, but mm. maybe leave that at the door yeah. next time. Yeah. Right. So I think I think mm. understanding the person that's sitting in front of you and and how you can. You know, move up and down that spectrum depending mm. on what that person means. Mm. Your job is reading people. And it's not your job, it's not our job as health professionals to, to, to be who we are with that person and push that on our clients. It's our job to be who they need us to be mm. and, and fill that gap where they are. So we need to be very movable. We need to be very flexible. We can't go... You know, it, it, it's not a good enough excuse to go, oh, our personalities don't match because uh, I talk a lot and, and they don't like listening to me. That's not good enough. Mm. Uh, and, and the same otherwise. Oh, they, they talk heaps and, and I didn't have a chance to say anything. No, you should have done something about it. Yeah. yeah that's, that's not good enough. Our job is to be who that person needs in that situation. So I, I think we'll leave this with it maybe a couple things you can use because I know that is a difficult client. Everyone can generally squeeze some information out of people eventually because we know good questions to ask and you can ask a million questions about people's health and eventually you get something out of people. People often find it most awkward stopping people who are talking. Mm. So a couple focusing questions you can use. 
um, firstly, use hand gestures because it's much easier to stop someone talking with your hand first than it is by interrupting them. Uh, so I might put my hand up and you know, almost motion forward to go, oh, I have something to say. And if they've been talking for 10 minutes, they're probably, well, and if they're a person who does this, they're probably used to people interrupting them. Mm. And they're probably used to people saying, can I say something? And they're generally not offended by it mm. because that's their life. <laughs> they live like this always. Yeah. So you can do that. And then if that gives you a break and you can get in there and say something, awesome. Now you're in. Now you can redirect conversation. Uh, redirecting question. It's like, hey, I'm just conscious of how much time we have. We have 20 minutes left. Uh, I'd love to go back and talk about this. Mm. Like that. It's like, just say you are conscious of the time. Let's talk about this. Yeah. Easy. Uh, if they really don't want to um, stop talking, even with a hand gesture, but there are some things you want to get to, uh, move. So something that I'll do if I'm stuck in the room uh, and it's like, fuck, I've, like we've wasted half an hour. I, I, I want to do some assessments. I'm not getting anywhere in here. I will just stand up and open the door <laughs> and, and then I will continue to face them with my body, mm. but I will almost turn my chest and use my hands, my palms up, because it's nicer than pointing, mm. palms up and kind of motion them towards and get them to follow me mm. out to uh, where I'd like to do some assessments. Or if you're sitting in the room and you're gonna do some assessments, stand up, <laughs> just stand up and then motion for them to stand up. Yeah. And then, you know, they'll eventually realize like, oh, we're moving and they'll go, oh, sorry, what are we doing? Mm. Great, you're in, now you can talk to them. Yeah. Okay. Use your body language. Nice, I like that. Very, very good. I like that. Do you have anything that you would recommend for uh, either the really quiet people or the really talkative people? As the as the practitioner. As the practitioner. Um, well, I think you kind of covered the the talking people. Mm. Like, um, yeah, you get up. I found getting people like on a bike or on mm. a treadmill. Yeah, if they're huffing and puffing. It's a lot harder for them to keep talking. <laughs> so you, you can shut them up by getting them moving. So that works well. Yeah. Um, the, the introverted people, um, look, giving them space and time to build rapport mm. is what they need. Mm. And so it's okay for it to go, for, for it to take a little bit longer mm. for those people. Mm. Um, but you give them reassurance, you give them, like, if you have any questions in the future, please feel welcome yeah. to, to ask them. Um, that's what I want because my processing might not happen in the room it might happen in the car ride home yeah. after the assessment mm. um, and so if I feel comfortable to be able to come back to you because you've said hey like if you've got any questions about mm. what we talked about today mm. um, and just just keep asking questions mm. like keep saying like is there anything else or mm. are you do you have uh, clarity on everything we talked about mm. today or did, did we cover everything that you expected us mm. to cover to your mm. point about expectations mm. like is there anything that we've missed mm. today mm. I think you just keep asking those mm. questions and people mm. will introverts will go no no I'm good yeah no we've covered everything I feel comfortable and sometimes uh, if you, you feel like you're getting a lot of those kind of answers that uh, you feel like maybe they're just copping out and they're not actually giving you what I want ask a more direct question 
of the like, what would you like more clarity on today? Mm. Or it's like, what was most valuable for you today? What are your takeaways for today? Mm. Instead of like, do you have any takeaways today? Um, mm. Or do you have any questions? You can ask, what are your questions? What questions do you have for me? Mm. And then they have to go, oh, well, I can't say yes or no to that question, yeah. can I? <laughs> Otherwise, I sound silly. Yep. So then they have to. So a what? Mm. If you're not, because it's obviously more direct and you would use that in a situation when you need to, maybe you don't necessarily lead with that mm. uh, if you don't feel like they're going to respond well to a direct question. But you have that in your bag there ready to go yep. if you need it. Nice. Lovely. How's your beer? Look, six out of ten. Oh, like, uh, yeah. yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't go again. I don't think I could even give a six out of ten. Oh. I don't want to throw away sponsors. Um, <laughs> well, they're not a sponsor yet, so feel feel welcome to throw away. It's fucking shit. If you're not a Kasha, we want to talk to you yeah. about uh, sponsoring this podcast because this wasn't great. Because this tastes like passion pot. And, like, I'm okay with beers that taste weird mm. and taste like passion pots um, or, you know, watermelon or cucumber or pickles. Mm. Um, but tell me. Tell me on the label so I don't buy you. Don't say super chill. This, this tastes like passion pop. Yeah, don't say super chill because when you say super chill, I'm expecting like, you know, a Pacific Ale or mm. like a an easygoing fucking uh, something. Yeah, yeah. You've missed Not this shit. Not this shit. Try yeah. again. So just rename the beer and it'll probably be fine. Rename it something that I don't want to drink. <laughs> and then we're fine. Okay. All right. See you later. Goodbye.